Creative Babble. <laughs> Poor Bonnie. I was oh, Bonnie, Bonnie. So sad. I kind of feel bad for Bonnie. I do too. I actually feel really bad for Bonnie. Like. <laughs> Robert Blake is famous for his role in the 1967 film In Cold Blood. In the movie, he played a killer. But today, in real life, he's best remembered for the murder of his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. Bonnie Lee Bakley was shot dead while sitting in a parked car outside a Los Angeles restaurant. So who is Bonnie Lee? Everyone remembers her death, but in real life, it actually turns out she was a little bit shady. You see, Robert Blake was her 10th husband that we know of. I'm sure there are many more. She scammed men out of their fortune, ran a mail-order porn business, and stalked celebrities like Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis. You always hear about her death, but rarely her scams. And I wanted to learn more, so I called Tori Telfer, author of the book Confident Women. Tori has spent the last few years studying Bonnie Lee Bakley. When people hear the name Bonnie Lee, they immediately think about Robert mm. Blake, which after the OJ mm -hmm. trial, that was the biggest news around. Yeah, it was deja vu. It was on the TV 24 hours a day, it seemed. How would you describe Bonnie Lee Bakley? I would describe her as someone who is most famous for being murdered, who has a secondary reputation as kind of like a low rent grifter, but who is actually a much better scammer than her reputation makes her out to be. We probably wouldn't be talking about this today, and you probably wouldn't have ever written about her if it wasn't for her husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Bonnie was always out for fame. So yeah, we probably wouldn't know about her cons, period, if she hadn't finally snagged herself a celebrity husband. And all this trash about her past mm. came haunting her mm -hmm. during the trial, right? That was part of the defense for Robert Blake. Absolutely. And it was it came out even before the trial. So she died and almost right away, her husband, who everyone thought would be grieving, starts leaking all this salacious stuff about her, like her mail order porn scams. He just leaked it all to make her look like this trashy, conniving person. And she was dead. She had just died. And that's why I feel really bad about mm -hmm. this, because we're talking about her as this con artist, mm -hmm. because most of the people on your book, they're con artists, but she's also a victim too. Yeah. She's more of a victim than she is a con artist and it makes it like tricky yeah. to talk about her in this way right yeah exactly she's one of the rare examples of someone who's like on both sides of the coin like victim and perpetrator quote unquote but she yeah she did have her own victims and uh, let's talk about that yeah. talk to me about some of her scams sure so her her main and most successful scam was she ran this mail order porn business, which is not in and of itself a scam. You're allowed to do that, but she turned it into a scam. She ran it so well. She started out as a nude model, which again is not a scam. And she quickly realized that she could make more money if she took her business over the mail. Bonnie Lee placed ads in the back of a magazine advertising her modeling services. And when men answered the ad, she would reply with photocopies of nude photos of women, including herself. She even posted lonely heart ads looking for male companions. 
when she started her mail order porn business, that's when she started lying more and more. She would do the classic con woman sob stories where she would say like, oh, I need money for a hospital bill or, oh, I was just about to get on the Greyhound bus to come see you, but it broke down and now I'm stranded. Or she had mounting medical bills, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She was very good at sniffing out victims who had more money and maybe were more vulnerable. And she would go after them hard. Like if she found out they were on social security, she would figure out how to reroute their checks so they came to her instead of them. She would even marry them or become engaged to them if they seemed, how shall I say, near death. Uh, And she would get added to their wills. How did she pull that off? But she was just very convincing. She was sending them photos that weren't even always of her. She had like a whole library of nudes. And despite all that, she really managed to get a lot of men just like head over heels in love with her and convinced that she was their one and only fiance or wife. How many husbands did Mm. Bonnie Lee have? That's a good and impossible question (laughs) because we don't know. But a journalist for Rolling Stone said that the number is anywhere between nine and over 100. That's incredible. Ambition. Because she would write them handwritten letters, right? She'd write them handwritten letters, and she would also get her husband to write them handwritten letters. So she had a whole business. But they weren't like unique letters, right? No, they were form letters, but she would just, she, you know, she liked to give them a personal touch. And she was able to buy like multiple pieces of real estate with her profits. She really made a lot of money doing this. It's a lot of fake husbands. Describe her appearance for somebody who's aspiring to be an actress in Hollywood. Yes, which she wanted to be for a long time. So she was... She was girl next door, pretty, but not Hollywood girl next door, like actual girl next door. Like she wasn't the, you know, an Anna Nicole Smith. Several people made comments that she was kind of disheveled looking. And like someone said that she always looked like she was wearing thrift store clothes, which as someone who myself, I am often wearing thrift store clothes, I take great offense to. She wasn't the most beautiful woman ever, but she was very concerned about her appearance, especially as she started to age, but she wanted to be famous. So yeah, at one point she purchased a billboard with her picture on it. And I forget what it said, but the idea was like, there's a hot new actress in town, (laughs) call this number. Um, One of the other like ways she advertised herself, which I'm obsessed with, is she printed flyers that said she was Miss Lee Bonnie, like the model, blah, 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 and Elvis Presley's former girlfriend. (laughs) which is a total lie. But it's like, the con women in my book all know this. It's like, if you put it on paper, if you print it out, you automatically look more legit. The flyer says she's Elvis's former girlfriend. (laughs) Who am I to to argue with that? Because there's only Mm -hmm. so many avenues for Bonnie Lee Bakley Mm -hmm. to become famous. Mm -hmm. She could go the traditional route, which is, you know, you have great, amazing acting skills, you make the right connections, and you become a movie star. Mm -hmm. That did not pan out for her. She tried the male porn business, Mm -hmm. and that turned out to be very lucrative, Mm -hmm. but not, it wasn't satisfying Mm -hmm. the Hollywood itch, right? Like, she wasn't Uh, famous. Absolutely, right? right. So, how else can Bonnie Lee become famous? Well, a couple ways. Can I tell you about her singing career really quickly? I would love to because I listened to that Did song you? and I could not make it through the whole thing. Yeah. Hello, my name is Lee Bonnie. 
unbelievable. She tried to be an actress that didn't work out. So she thought maybe I could be a famous singer. And she changed her name to Lee Bonnie instead of Bonnie Lee and recorded a couple singles. And they are on YouTube under the heading 70s Stalker Pop. And they are the maybe the worst music I've ever heard. I mean, poor girl, bless her heart for being ambitious, but she cannot sing at all. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the lyrics are very ominous given what happens to her later, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, what, what, is, what, is, what are the lyrics to that song? In her song, Just a Fan, she sings, and I'm not going to sing it, <laughs> but she sings, I'm chasing a celebrity. God only knows what he means to me. Don't know where I'll ever be. There's no future in it, don't you see? And I don't know how you felt when you heard those lyrics, but to me, they're chilling because... Yeah. That is sort of exactly what happened to her. That's the story of her life. It's the story of her life. Yeah. And she yeah. wrote that 30 years before the story played out. It's very haunting. Mm -hmm. So the music career didn't pan out. Right? Not even <laughs> remotely close. <laughs> what was another way? I guess it's stalking celebrities and maybe yeah. catching one, you know? Yeah. She has a single called Just a Fan. And she was the ultimate fan. Like she was always putting all her money towards following Frankie Valley's tour bus or Elvis or uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Like she was a dedicated compulsive groupie. Um, I would call her a stalker. St yeah, <laughs> a groupie sliding over the top of the groupie hill and down the other side, which is stalker <laughs> slope. <laughs> she climbed over... Elvis's Graceland estate, like over the walls once and tried to look into his bedroom window. So she truly turned to stalking celebrities as like a side hustle. She was still doing her mail order porn because that was how she made her money. But she had gotten out of a disappointing marriage with a man who was abusive to her. And she had really tried to marry a little little-known person named Jerry Lee Lewis, who was a really, really, really famous rock star. He refused to marry her. He already had a wife. The killer. The killer, right? yes. Yeah, Speaking that's his of nickname. true crime. Yeah. Little he, side note, yeah. two of Jerry Lee's wife uh, mysteriously died. Yeah. For more of that, check out the first episode of Disgraceland, mm. which is excellent. Yes, yes. Oh, my God, it's so good. But yeah. So Bonnie failed to get him as a husband. So she was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. Like, I'm going to I'm going to give up this dream of finding a musician, a famous musician husband. I'm going to get a famous actor husband. And she went about it like it was a job. She researched all the tabloids. She would try to find out, like, where her favorite actors would go, what they like to do, what they like to order, where she could run into them. She was very ambitious. She was very ambitious. But it was hard because she was... Well, first of all, it's hard to marry celebrities, period. <laughs> That's why most of us are married to normal people. <laughs> That's right. Second of all, she was, like, moving into her 40s and in LA and LA is not a kind city to women in their 40s especially back then too but she did snag herself two celebrity-ish boyfriends so first she managed to snag Marlon Brando's son <laughs> Christian Brando <laughs> and 
he it's like such a messy Hollywood story, but he was in prison because he had shot his half sister's abusive boyfriend. Half sister's abusive boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what is even happening? But I mean, his father is Marlon Brando. That's like the godfather. That he that was at his peak. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Bonnie can't get Marlon Brando, so she's like, I'll, t- I'll take his son. Um, you know, he's a Brando. She starts writing to him while he's in prison, and she just casually stalked him when he was released, and then they started dating. She's thinking about maybe becoming Mrs. Brando. But then she meets another celebrity, who I would say is more famous, and his name is Robert Blake. No one really thinks about Robert Blake today, even though he's still alive. Um, But back in the day, he was a a household name. When Robert Blake was super famous, it was like the 60s and 70s. But by the time he met Bonnie around 2000, he was still famous, but he was 64. He hadn't had any good roles for a while. So this was not like Bonnie is suddenly dating Leonardo DiCaprio. This is like... Bonnie. She's dating a has-been. Uh, exactly, right? a has-been. That's perfect for Bonnie. Bonnie Lee and Robert Blake made eye contact for the first time at a celebrity's birthday party. He wasn't exactly her type. She was in her early 40s and he was pushing 70. In fact, Robert Blake used to be her grandmother's celebrity crush. But what the hell, right? He'll do. So let's go back to the party when they first met. That She would meet him at a party and sit beside him and laugh at his jokes and they slept together that very night where <laughs> i was literally pausing and thinking should i say I, I, we don't usually get into this in, in, in my show but why not let's go for it why not um so <laughs> we already talked about mail and porn yeah that's true that's I'll true put a disclaimer <laughs> so um they snuck out of the party and had sex in his suv and then Bonnie went to her hotel and called her sister and was like, you're not going to believe it. This was it. Bonnie Lee finally, sort of, kind of, got herself a celebrity boyfriend. So Bonnie, I think, was hoping that this would be the start of a beautiful romance. And then she would be not maybe not famous, but the next best thing, married to a famous person. But Robert Blake had no plans with Bonnie Lee. To him, this was simply a hookup. It was just a fling. Like, he would wait a really long time to call. Um, He wasn't very nice to her. And now Bonnie, and I think we can count this as a scam, (laughs) he really doesn't want her to get pregnant ever, ever, ever. He's 64. Like, he's not interested. So she assures him that that will never happen uh, and that if it did, she would get an abortion. And then she secretly goes off her birth control and gets pregnant. Of course, she's thinking this is going to bind us together. He is furious. Bonnie always recorded her phone calls. There's a phone call that Bonnie recorded where he is just screaming at her for getting pregnant. A murderous rage, I would almost say. And and he's, he's so mad at her. So she says, you have to marry me or I'm going to go to the tabloids and be like, Robert Blake is a terrible person. I'm carrying his child and he won't marry me. How does Robert Blake know that that's even his child? Maybe she's, you know, making that up. That's a good question. She got him to take a DNA test or a paternity test. And the paternity test shows without a doubt that Blake is the father. 
So they get married. And it is the most depressing wedding you've ever, ever heard of. I hope. I hope you have not been to a wedding more depressing than this. She has to buy her own wedding ring. They don't spend their wedding night together. He won't let her move into his house. He tells her she has to live in a bungalow on his property. That's not going to slow her down. <laughs> no. It's like, my, my husband hates me. I don't care. So she writes Christmas cards to all her friends. And she's like, Robert Blake and I are married. Like, we've got to celebrate sometime, darling. <laughs> so now she has her dream of a celebrity husband. And it's really depressing. He thinks that she's just like this gross criminal, basically. Robert Blake makes her sign this agreement that says she won't hang out with known felons when her baby is around. And like, I really don't think Bonnie was someone who hung out with known felons all the time. Like, she was shady, but she wasn't creepy shady. He just really hated her. He really did. It's pretty evident. I mean, yeah. that was no secret. And especially during the trial, it, yeah. it was pretty obvious that this man really hated this woman. Yeah. We all know how the story ends. Bonnie Lee Bakley ends up murdered while sitting in the passenger seat of a parked car. And when you look at all the evidence, it sure doesn't look good for Robert Blake. What happened the day of the murder, or what happened right before she was murdered? So, right before Bonnie was murdered, Robert Blake did a lot of shady stuff. He he had a like a bodyguard that he was he was so close with him that Bonnie actually thought maybe they were lovers, um, and he wasn't telling her. But it seems like the reason the two of them were always whispering was not that they were lovers; it was that. Robert Blake was trying to get his bodyguard to kill Bonnie. So on two separate occasions, the bodyguard came towards Bonnie, like when they were vacationing outdoors or something with something in his hand that looked like a gun and then stopped and threw up. And Robert Blake would go over to him and be like, it's okay. It's okay. I'll get someone else to do it. <laughs> Which is like so scary. Um, and the bodyguard was also writing a list for Robert Blake, a, a shopping list that had things on it like Drano, um, like a tarp, you know, lie, a shovel, just basically things that made it sound like Dexter like Dexter's Dexter. shopping yeah, list. Right? Yeah, like like Google, like what do I need to get rid of a body? And like that was on the list. He wasn't just approaching his bodyguard. Did Robert Blake approach other people? <laughs> yes, like a fool. He he had at least three conversations with people, sort of aging Hollywood stuntmen, and even Bonnie's own brother, who was a really sketchy character. Robert Blake had conversations with these people, basically being like, hey, would you kill someone for money? Just like, I'm not like asking for any personal reason, but like hypothetically... All three of these people were like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about this. And Bonnie's brother even told Bonnie, he said, Blake's going to get you. And Bonnie stayed. And I, I really think based on things she told her friends and family, like, I think this guy's going to kill me. And then a another time she said, I know he's going to kill me. This relationship was coming to an end. In May 2001, Robert Blake took Bonnie out for dinner. It was Robert Blake's favorite restaurant, a little Italian place. And they ate, and then they walked back to their car. And 
Bonnie got into the car and Robert Blake said, whoops, I forgot my gun in the restaurant. And to me, this is like the most eye rolly detail because- Who forgets their gun who for, in a restaurant? First of all, you brought a gun into the Italian restaurant? Like what? And second of all, yeah, like how did you forget it? Did you like take it out and place it on the bar? Like it doesn't, like where, where would you have even put it to forget it? He forgot his gun, so he goes back into the restaurant. He goes into the restaurant. Someone came up to the car and shot her in the head. And Robert Blake comes back from wherever he was and sees that his wife is dying and he goes running for help. Another thing is that nobody saw him come into the restaurant. He had a specific table that he would sit at, Mm -hmm. right? It was like his table. It was all the way in the back of the restaurant. Right? And you had to zigzag. I mean, people would have seen mm-hmm. him come back to the restaurant. So so that doesn't check out. Yeah. And then they find the murder weapon in the dumpster. Mm. And think about it. If the murder occurred right there by the car and the suspect is still there, mm-hmm. he has to get rid of the murder weapon mm-hmm. somewhere around them. And he dumped it in the, mm-hmm. in the dumpster. So that's why it blows my mind that the jury didn't convict this guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it. there are so many parallels to the OJ trials because yeah, spoiler alert, Robert Blake was not convicted, but then in a civil trial, he was found guilty, which is exactly what happened with OJ. Yeah, there was no physical evidence that he was the one that no, pulled the trigger. No, he didn't have any gunpowder or blood or, or anything, any, yeah. yeah. A lot of people believe that he finally convinced that Some, bodyguard yeah. to do it. Yeah. But either way, it's ironic, right? That mm-hmm. we're talking about Bonnie Lee Bakley mm-hmm. today because she is famous now. But yeah. is that the way she wanted it to go down? It's so sad. Fame is really cruel. And mm-hmm. I don't think Bonnie would have been surprised by any of it. How she got famous after she was dead. I mean, it's horrible what happened and it's a horrible way to get famous. And it's a sad way to get famous because everyone made fun of her after she died. Like the second this story broke, the tale was like, oh, this middle-aged grifter who is a little bit plump was so sleazy. Also, she got shot. Yeah. It's like victim shaming at its worst, right? Yeah, yeah. But you know, in the end, Bonnie Bakley is somebody that maybe not everybody knows. She's mm-hmm. not a household name, but she is now a part of Hollywood mm-hmm. mythology. And her remains are surrounded by <laughs> celebrities, right? Yeah, she was buried in a cemetery called Forest Lawn. And it's full of celebrities. It's full of celebrities. And from the cemetery, you can see the Hollywood sign. It's a fitting resting place for her. And it is kind of poetic, even though it's sad. And you're right. She's now part of Hollywood fabric. Like, she's a Hollywood story now. Picture this. A foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, 
the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. Bonnie Lee Bakley is just one of the female con artists immortalized in Tori Telfer's new book titled Confident Women. And the subtitle is Swindlers, Grifters, and Shapeshifters of the Feminine Persuasion. It's such a such a great book, but Thank even you. better title and even better cover oh, art. You have to see the cover, the cover art. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is a cool. <laughs> yeah. But it's an awesome book because Thank it's you. really about women who are con artists. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we sometimes think, you know, about con artists and we think that they're men, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. like how did you arrive at this idea? Well, I was already in the business of writing about female criminals. My first book, uh, Lady Killers, is about female serial killers. I have a podcast, Criminal Broads, which is about exactly what it sounds like. And so (laughs) (laughs) I was used to thinking of female criminal categories. And I, it just was like con artists, like everyone loves them. I mean, you have a podcast proving this. There are so many female con artists and there have been for all of human history and they're really interesting and really tricky and slippery and everything that's probably good. some of the best con artists. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, probably like the truly greatest will never know. They never got caught. But you know, the way we're talking about it, it's almost romanticizing yes. con artists. And you talk about that in your book. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Well, yeah, it's a it's hard not to like I always slip into it. <laughs> like we just did without (laughs) realizing. We just totally did. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's like quicksand. I think we do it for a couple reasons. I mean, first of all, like they're good stories. I'm not going to lie. I wrote a book on it. You have a whole podcast on it. There's obviously an appetite. People tend to think that they are less violent criminals. So if people take the women in my book as like, I want to be just like her, (laughs) which I'm always like, oh. Rain it back in there, Sally. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they're strong women. They're strong women. They're creative. They're independent. Yeah, like you can say a lot of good things about them. But there's a darkness there. You know, there's a darkness with Bonnie Lee, Bakley. All of them have victims and have done things that are not just illegal, but like sinister. We glorify them more than we should, but it's impossible not to. And that tension is interesting to me. It is. It is interesting. And some could argue that con artists actually have more victims than, yeah. let's say, a serial killer. I, you know? I totally agree. Their victims are often really badly hurt. Not mm-hmm. killed, usually, which or, is like... Their lives are ruined. Their lives are ruined. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when does Confident Women come out? Confident Women comes out February 23rd. Awesome. And Perfect yeah. Valentine's gift. People. Yeah, it's full of romance. <laughs> <laughs> full of romance gone very wrong. <laughs> Throw him to the ground and get his devils out! I did an 11-part series called The Prophet. 
It's probably the most popular work I've ever done on this podcast. In fact, two years later, I still get emails from people asking me, what's going on at the Word of Faith Fellowship? What's going on at this cult? Well, I got good news for you. I'm doing a follow-up episode, and that's next time on Pretend. If you like today's story about Bonnie Lee Bakley, well, I got one more for you. Tori Telfer tells me about another female con artist who liked to conjure up spirits. Patreon supporters can listen to the bonus Tori Telfer female con artist episode, and you're going to get early access to the Word of Faith follow-up episode. So please consider supporting the show and go to patreon.org and click the donate button. When you become a Patreon member, not only do you get bonus episodes like the one with Tori Telfer, but you also get to support this little, little itty bitty show that runs on fumes. I promise you, it takes so much time, so much effort, and so much money to put this together. And when you guys drop a couple bucks in the bucket, that makes a world of difference. Also, make sure to check out the Pretend YouTube channel. We just had a live show and it was awesome and the reviews are in. I have to read this one for you. One viewer said, Javier, you have committed many crimes. Jerry, you are a fraud. I have no idea what they're talking about. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel because I'm going to be posting a lot more bonus content there. I'm going to be posting live interviews. Thank you so much for the reviews, except the guy that said that I committed many crimes. I will talk to you next time. Creative Power.